Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Johnny. Yes, we are back here on uh, hour number three on a Valentine's Day. I'm sure everybody is uh, getting all ready to run out and uh, get something nice for their Valentine's. Do you and Kathy have plans? Uh, actually, we do, but it involves staying home. <laughs> oh, well. We, we did a similar thing that you were talking about. We called a number of our favorite restaurants, and they're all packed. They're yeah, all full. Yeah. You know, everybody's going out. Ooh. So she's going to make uh, spaghetti for us with uh, uh, angel hair pasta. I like thin spaghetti. So you know, Brad, make... you, you and I have had this discussion before, and, and it's not my go-to pasta, angel hair. But if you guys are making angel hair pasta, hey, you know, I won't pass up a plate of that. No. No. Just no, as long as you got some craft grated Parmesan cheese. Yes, I said craft. We've been eating <laughs> oh, yes. that our entire lives. I like it. Absolutely. I'm with you on that one for sure. <laughs> well, I just got a, a text from my wife a little while ago, and we were thinking of going uh, to a couple of different places. And again, they were they were all booked up. And we thought, well, we'll just go down to Mexican at uh, Fitgers. They don't even require reservations. But Jan made some phone calls. We're going to Valentini's. Ooh, you got into Valentini's. Carol, Carol and her staff do an awesome job. She is such oh, a hard worker, and oh. they have a great menu up there, so I'm looking forward to it. Now, does, is, does Carol have a sister that is one of the waitresses? Or are they just related somehow, not sisters? Well, Carol's a Valentini. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know that. Yeah. But I mean... Uh, there's a sister that, I, or there's a waitress that we always have, and and she's been with them since the very beginning. And I think she's a relative, I, but I oh, thought okay. she was a sister of Carol's, but yeah. I don't know. Anyway, a couple of other things I want to make sure people are aware of this morning uh, when I was going through pulling stuff up. Um, the We are going to take, can you explain this? I mean, I, I don't understand what's going on here. The U.S. is going to sell more oil from our strategic oil reserve. The Biden administration plans to sell more crude oil from the strategic petroleum reserve, fulfilling budget directives mandated years ago that is that it had sought to stop as oil prices have stabilized. The congressionally mandated sale will amount to 26 million barrels of crude, Bloomberg News reported. The sale is in accordance with the budget mandate enacted in 2015 for the current fiscal year. In other words, evidently we passed something back in 2015 that made it mandatory that we sell off our reserves now. The Energy Department has sought to stop some of the sales required by 2015 legislation so that it can refill the emergency reserves, which currently has about 371 million barrels. The reserve now will dip to about 345 million barrels. He doesn't know what now, he's doing, Brad. No. He really he doesn't. doesn't because he said this. I want you to look in my eyes. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, we're going to end fossil fuel and I am not going to cooperate. I mean, he doesn't know what he's doing. No. And he now te- you, need to have, you need to have the other clip, though, that he said on his State of the Union where he said... Basically, and I'm paraphrasing, well, we're going to need oil for the next couple of generations yeah. here or for the next uh, 10, 20 years. That was at the urging of the oil companies to produce more oil. Yeah. 
Yet he, yet the I mean, in, in the pre abuse. in the previous days he said uh, they're making uh, ungodly amounts of profits. They're horrible yes. people. Oh, by the way, could you make more? Yeah, okay. could you, could you get us some more? Oh, and by the way, let me go over to Saudi Arabia again and bend my knee and praise the Saudi prince who uh, cut up a, a guy that didn't like him and put him into foils. <laughs> I don't know this administration. And, oh, and then let me ask you this. I, was, I saw this one this morning. For all of you out there, you know, there ain't that many of us uh, uh, Vietnam veterans still alive. We've got a guy in Duluth, or in the Duluth area, that I firmly believe should have had a Medal of Honor. He, I, I think he did get a Navy Cross. He was a Marine. He was a tanker. I could give you his name and everything, but I'm not going to go into that. He does have a Silver Star for another... Uh, uh, operation that he was on. But this particular operation he was on, he uh, he single-handedly got out of his tank, ran across open fire to carry six or eight guys back across a muddy, slopey rice paddy. He should have got the Medal of Honor. They didn't know that he didn't, in fact, the other people that were in his unit. They thought he had been put up for it. No, who was and, this? Uh, he's, well, Audie Murphy? I, I, no, well, it sounds like Auden Murphy, but he's a local local guy, and I haven't, I don't have his approval to mention his name, oh. so I can't do that. But it, listen to this, Kenny. Now, here's this morning: President Joe Biden is going to award the Medal of Honor to a black Vietnam War veteran who has been waiting to receive a military honor since he was first nominated for it in 1965. The White House said Biden called retired U.S. Army Colonel Paris Davis on Monday to inform him that his remarkable heroism during the Vietnam War will finally uh, be recognized uh, and that Joe Biden will be giving him the Medal of Honor. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm sure the guy deserves it, and it's wonderful. But why would he go and pick this guy now? Is it because it's Black History Month? I don't know. I, I'm I'm sure the guy deserves it, but so but so does the guy here in Minnesota that dragged his body under fire numerous times to save guys from uh, pure death, and and yet here we go. Since 1965, that's when he was first put up for it, and he lived. He he retired from the army. He spent 30 years. I think they said at one point 30 years in it. I don't know. It just seems to me some of some of these things really become political rather than actual what they're supposed to be given out for. Now, real quickly, before we go to our first break here, I want to talk to you about a story that was in the Duluth News Tribune today. Um, we have. But before we do that, we've we've got a caller coming in, Don, from uh, down here in southern Florida. <laughs> Don, are you uh, out on your patio today in your lanai? Or you guys, you, uh... stop this. Brad, I, I know you're going to a break, and uh, the sun's beautiful out on the deck here. Uh, couldn't be nicer. Oh, stop! I, I got. I, I, I want to get to this quick. Um, I, I was listening to an It's Black History Month, as you just brought up, and I was listening to an interview with Morgan Freeman and Chris Wallace. Chris asked uh, Morgan, uh, you know, what he thought about Black History Month, and Morgan Freeman told him, I don't like it. And Chris was kind of taken back and he said, why not? He says, because 
It's a part of American history. And then he asked Chris Wallace. There you go. Do you want to have a Jew- Jewish history month? And uh, Chris Wallace didn't say anything. Brad, we got uh, one flag, one con- one country, one constitution, one pledge of allegiance, and one creator. And once they start dividing us, then we're in trouble. Uh, let's get back to the uh, the one uh one thing that we all support and why we all live here and why they call us a melting pot. And I, and I think uh, one uh, one national anthem too, Don, isn't that true? <laughs> right. That's that's true. If you watch the um, Super Bowl, it's uh, it's it's it only seems to divide people. And, uh, you know, and as far as I'm concerned, the indigenous people were here first. But uh, and uh, but we we all came. We all developed, uh, you know, and. And that's the way it should stay. And anything, and, all these other all LGBT flags and anything else, forget it. Yeah, that's crazy. Dividing us instead of putting us together is never the answer, I don't think. Well, go, don't get too sunburned out there today, Don. It's uh, you know, it's going to be nice. It's only seventy six where I am right now and sunny, but, but oh. it's, nice. it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny, this this story uh, is bizarre that I'm talking about here from Duluth, from the Duluth News Tribune, and I'm sure you probably saw it. A uh, a protective vest may have saved the life of a Duluth police officer who was stabbed with a sword while attempting to arrest a man who barricaded himself inside a downtown apartment last week here in Duluth. Now, the reason I bring it up is because that first line, a protective vest. We have had city councilors, have we not, Kenny, here in Duluth, that don't believe certain officers need certain protective equipment. They delayed these... um, um a lot of the armor when uh who was the police chief at the time they had they had citizen involvement they paraded around town they wanted to see what it was like and i thought here we go here yeah. we go they don't want to protect the police but well in 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 this particular case this protective vest not only saved the police officer from probably death but it also allowed him, allowed the officer to disarm the assailant without killing him, without shooting him. And if if they had shot him, if the police had shot him and killed him, wouldn't right now we be hearing, oh, my God, police oh, that'd be the brutality policeman. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. But there'd be nothing about that he uh, tried to stab the police officer. It would just be no. the, the concern would With be. With a samurai sword, yeah. Kenny. No. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Authorities said Alexander Jan Doherty, 33, made repeated threats to harm others during a four-hour stand- standoff at the Glensheen Plaza Apartments. Uh, 20, uh, formerly Hotel Duluth. East. There you go, formerly Hotel Duluth. After negotiating with Mr. Doherty for hours and not convincing him to surrender, Law enforcement implementation implemented a tactical entry into the apartment. Uh, while doing so, Mr. Doherty, wielding a samurai-like sword, lunged and stabbed an officer in the chest. The officer was wearing a protective vest, which prevented the sword from penetrating the officer's body. However, the officer's hand was cut during the altercation. I'm sure he reached out to grab the sword as it was being stabbed into him, but it didn't enter his body because of the protective device. 
The charge identified Officer Ian Johnson, Ian Johnson, I-A-N, an 11-year veteran of the Duluth Police Department, as the victim of the attempted murder. And that's what the guy's going to be charged with, because when you lunge at an officer with a samurai sword, stabbing him in the chest, you intended to do him harm. The man later identified as Doherty was refusing to leave an apartment and was believed to be armed with an edged weapon, which he was. Now listen to this. Complainants described Doherty as yelling, growling, and screaming during the standoff. Officers heard howling and growling. 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 Well, get this, though. Officers heard Mr. Doherty say that he was... God, Satan, Santa, and the demon Belzebub. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, get him a nice orange suit, uh, a nice apartment yes. with some bars. Padded walls, yeah. hopefully, you know, that kind of thing. Mr. Doherty threatened to cut people up. He screamed at officers to shoot me, shoot me, he said. He would eat the officer's face and drink their blood. You think there might have been drugs involved in this? I'm just, I don't know. I'm just saying there could have been. Well, Brad, it it doesn't matter, I don't think, in some cases. No. I mean, this is, this is behavior of a madman. Yes. And it's the kind of behavior that really not too many people w- would fault the officers for shooting the guy as he lunged at him with a, with a samurai sword. But they didn't. They used such unbelievable restraint that this guy is alive today, even though he intended to uh, kill the police officer. Well, I'll guarantee and I you, that, and, and I think you know. can acknowledge, Brad, that if this would have occurred during the days of Eli Militich, this man would no longer be alive. Yeah, he'd be, he'd have been down and brown. Down and brown. What yeah, does that well, mean? Well, that's that, that's just dead. <laughs> not not taking air any longer. Okay. Oh, court records show that uh, civil commitments and guardianship proceedings had both initiated against Doherty a week ago. Before that. He has a handful of prior criminal uh, convictions, mostly related to theft, no felonies. But you know now he's going to be charged with attempted second-degree murder, first-degree assault of a police officer, second-degree assault with a dangerous weapon, fourth-degree assault on a police officer, making threats of violence, and obstructing the legal process. But hats off to the tactical response team from Duluth, because in many, many other cases, in many other cities, this uh, crazy man would have been dead today. We've got some uh, minor breaking news. I say minor because uh, California Senator Dianne uh, Feinstein Feinstein, uh, won't run for re-election next year. She's got some uh, medical issues that they have not really come out and said much about. That's but, uh, a I understand. breaking yeah. news because it says, it goes on to say here that, uh, where did it go? Here it is. You know, Brad, she's uh, up there in age. She is, uh, how old is she here? She's 89. Oh. She was uh, elected to Senate in 1892. <laughs> no, I'm no. sorry, 1992. <laughs> <laughs> and she is the longest serving female senator Ever. 
Wow. Now, uh, there have been mounting pressure on her to make a decision, as other Democrats had already already announced a bid for her seat. And they include Congressman Adam Schiff, who now has the support of former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi since Feinstein's not seeking another term. Adam Schiff is going to be in jail within a year. He should be in jail today. (laughs) He should be, yes. Charged with treason. Um, And, uh, I mean... There's evidence, Brad, that Adam Schiff uh, caused uh, a national security issue with China. Yes, of course he did. Well, look, we've got to take our break. We're running behind here. we got a lot more to talk about, Kenny, when we come back. Uh, Northlanders, if you want to get involved in the show today, you want to uh, let your two cents be known, uh, please give us a call at area code 218-722-0839. We'll be right back. Oh, it infuriates me to watch these people. How can they take themselves seriously knowing they are lying? Adam Schiff is a pathological liar. He lied about the t- entire Russian collusion hoax, which he helped manufacture. He lied about Hunter Biden's laptop and said it was Russian disinformation when he knew, in fact, it was very, very real. And he lied about an alleged whistleblower that never even existed. So he can save his tears. And now Eric Swalwell was sleeping and had a relationship with a Chinese spy. So frankly, neither of them deserve to be on the House Intelligence Committee. Neither of them deserve to be on any committees, in my opinion. They should be thanking Kevin McCarthy that he's even giving them the opportunity to serve on other committees. They are both getting exactly what they deserve. Now, that's a soundbite, Brad, from Carolyn Levitt. She's a former assistant White House press secretary, and she was talking about Schiff and Swalwell being removed from the Intel Committee after uh, Kevin McCarthy uh, took them off that. And yet, Schiff is going to run for... uh, uh, Diane Feinstein in site. California. Yeah, Senate in California. Unbelievable. Well, he may have some competition out there. I understand uh, the uh, current governor of uh, California is interested in that seat as well, Newsom. Uh, Kenny, there's a lot of that line going around, though. There's a story out this morning. Remember when? Uh, remember when Georgia had an investigation of Donald Trump because they think that Donald Trump tried to overthrow the election in Georgia. Well, there's a story on MSN's uh, wire service this morning. Witnesses may have lied under oath to a Georgia special grand jury investigating Trump's effort to overturn election results. A judge said he'll release a portion of a secret report detailing the special grand jury findings. A Georgia special grand jury that investigated Donald Trump's effort to overturn the election Loss believes witnesses may have lied under oath while testifying to a judge who ordered the release of parts of his report. On Monday, Fulton County Senior uh, Superior Court Judge Robert McBarney ordered the release of a portion of a special grand jury report, including a section in which the special purpose grand jury discusses its concerns that some witnesses have lied under oath. So, in other words, they wanted to get rid of Trump so badly that they were even willing to lie under oath to do it and now might actually be getting caught with their hands in the ringer. Did we do our CBS? No, we did not. We'll be right back after the CBS break. KDAL time is 139. Uh, We have in the Twin Ports 38 
and light rain is falling, and the rain is here for a while now, and there's some very heavy rain just to the south of the Twin Ports making its way towards us. So downtown Duluth, uh, be prepared for some uh, pretty good rainfall coming up here uh, any moment. It looks like that whole area is starting to move in the uh, storm weather. I was just reading this uh, story of uh, about uh, uh, Representative Angie Craig from down and outside the Twin Cities. Did you read that story about her, Kenny, about being attacked on an elevator in Washington, D.C.? Yeah, I did, actually. Boy, I'll tell you, she... Uh, She's a pretty gutsy, uh, pretty gutsy lady. Um, she evidently saw this guy uh, as as uh, she was standing outside. She did say uh, good morning to him. That might have been a bad thing to do. Uh, she said at the time, she said, I don't know uh, how I responded. I didn't have time to be scared. Um, her alleged assailant, who has a long criminal history in the D.C. area, made a federal court appearance early Monday on charges of assaulting Craig in her Washington, D.C. apartment building. Um, he told her that he that he was going to go to her apartment and use her bathroom. And she says in this story here, she said uh, he wasn't going to let me out of the elevator and uh and, and uh, I don't know if I had time to be scared, Craig said in the interview. When he demanded to go to my apartment, all I knew at that moment was there was no way in hell that was going to happen. <laughs> so she, he reached up and grabbed her as she tried to get out of the elevator uh, by the by around the throat area, by the collarbone. And she was smart enough. She had a hand. She had her her uh, latte in her hand, her, her cup of coffee, and she threw the hot coffee on him. That um, that allowed him to let loose of her just long enough for her to get out of the elevator. There was evidently a camera, uh, security camera, in the elevator picked him up. Uh, they, the police knew who he was right away. He has a long history. Uh, according to the uh, paper, federal prosecutors Juan Hamlin held without bail before trial in mem in uh, in a memo, they said that Hamlin has a significant history of failing to appear at court hearings for past convictions, and there appears to be no condition or combination of conditions that can reasonably assure the appearance of the defendant in court. So they just said, we're going to keep the guy locked up until then. Uh, Hamlin uh, did not enter a plea. He spoke only briefly to state his name and age and to confirm that he understood the proceedings. He was appointed a federal defender. At her request, a portion of the hearing was closed to the media to discuss sensitive personal matters, probably how he's a nut job or something. According to U.S. Capitol Police report, Craig had gotten coffee in her apartment building lobby uh, Thursday morning when she noticed a man identified as Hamlin pacing. After she said good morning to him, Hamlin followed Craig into an elevator, told her he needed to use the bathroom when he was going to her apartment. That's when she said, there's no way in hell that's going to happen. Hamlin punched Craig and got behind her, put his hand on his shoulder, grabbed her collarbone. The report said Craig threw her coffee at him and was able to get out of the elevator. She called for help and Hamlin fled. Um... Le the report left Craig bleeding from her lip and in pain from being punched. Police used Craig's description of her assailant and reviewed videos of him in the lobby fi before finding Hamlin later in the day. He was sitting on the street within a mile of Craig's apartment uh, when they found him. Uh, he's been charged with felony assault on a member of Congress. 
eh, why not just felony assault, period? Anyway, we uh, that's going to be an interesting story to follow to see what happens there. Um, we are waiting. Okay, gotcha. Well, I want to give you a quick update uh, from yesterday, and uh, then we're going to have to uh, take a break here, I think. Yesterday, I reported at the end of the show about a man driving a U-Haul truck onto the sidewalk in New York City. Well, it turned out that was a, a purposeful thing that this guy did. Uh, he tried to run people down. He did kill one person. He injured eight others before the police uh, surrounded him. Uh, very frequently, he'll choose to skip out on his medications and do something like this, said a person that knows him from a Brooklyn home. So evidently another case of somebody that's a little bit mentally deranged and... Uh, is probably going to seek uh, that kind of a defense that he's uh, sick mentally. Sound off with Brad Bennett. The best Valentines are spoken. You guys are great. I love listening, okay? Mwah. Right back at you, Brad. A big kiss there. Mwah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kenny, uh, I'm concerned. I'm very concerned. Why? Well, uh, according to a story from uh, MSN this morning, a piece of the sun has broke off. Oh, boy. I hate when that happens. Well, I didn't know it did happen. I, I didn't know it had ever happened. NASA instruments captured the moment part of the sun broke off from the giant star and gets swept up in a polar vortex. But oh. according to scientists who drew attention to it, it's not as dire as it sounds. Evidently, this has happened once or twice before. Talk about a polar vortex. Material from a northern uh, prominence. And, and now the, a prominence is what they call like a flare when you see a big chunk of the sun burning and it flares off on the side. But usually that stays together and that chunk of burning sun material comes back and gets back into it. But in this particular case, it broke off and that br breakaway material kind of uh, blew up into a big uh, polar vortex. A big piece of plasma broke away from the sun's surface, and the polar vortex was swept up. Inst in isn't the same as a polar vortex we might experience here on Earth. A polar vortex on our planet is a large, low-pressure system of cold air that strengthens in the winter. On Earth, it happens fairly regularly and is known for sending surges of Arctic weather to nearby areas. But evidently, when it breaks off of the sun, uh, this happened midday on February 2nd and could be seen in the upper left portion of the sun. Some of the material began to break off of the main structure and start getting caught up in what looked to be a polar wind. Uh, you can see it taking eight hours for that material to completely circumvent the pole about 60 degrees. Uh, by the way, the polar wind was moving at around 60 miles a second on the sun. Have you, have you ever, Kenny, have you ever sought to ponder life like, how come the sun never goes out? Oh, huh? um, yeah. And if it's... <laughs> You know, we're in an optimal uh, part of the uh, solar system, really. 93 million miles away from the sun. What if we were 90 millions okay. away, 90 million miles away or 98 million miles away? How much different would our 
atmosphere be? Would it be enough to support life? I don't know, but uh, uh, Brad, well, have a great. It's good uh, to think of those things. Have a great hey, Valentine's Day. Yeah, you too. Day. Have a have a nice Valentine's Day. Do something special for Jan, and I'll, we'll do the same. And we'll come back and be with you again tomorrow morning, right here on KDAL six ten with Sound Off.